Scarantino, and this is the Get the Fuck Off podcast. Every week, I'm going to be talking about a new topic to help you guys get the fuck off the shit that doesn't serve you anymore. But first, let me tell you a little bit about me. I used to work as a bartender, and I lived in the New York City bar scene. I smoked between a pack or two a day, and I was what you'd call quite overweight. I learned that the secret to adopting a healthy lifestyle is a series of mindset shifts. Unfortunately, they don't always come with an owner's manual, so I decided to start this podcast to give you guys the nuts and bolts without you having to do all the research on your own. Getting healthy does not mean you have to sacrifice your outstanding personality, and it actually can be quite a fun journey. I'm really excited to have you guys on that journey with me. Let's get off together. Everybody, welcome back to the Get the Fuck Off podcast. I was absent last week and I wanted to let you know it is not my intention to make this a bi-weekly podcast. It's just that I was involved in a lot of projects that I'm not normally involved in and that took away some of my time. So I just wanted to let you know that I am here this week and I may be here a little less frequently. I am going to have some awesome guests, people I really admire, and that's going to be coming up a little bit later, either this month or early next month. And um, I'm going to attempt in the interim to deliver you shorter podcasts, 20 to 30 minutes like I usually do. However, I am also in the process of launching a new podcast with fellow coach Alicia Lyons. It's going to be called Hearts on the Street. Uh, That will be out whenever I decide to get the motivation to find some um, royalty-free music to plop at the front and end of it. So as soon as I get the motivation to do that technical piece that I consider laborious and have been avoiding, then you will have um, the Hearts on the Street podcast that's going to be coming out. Um, let's see, what else can I tell you? I have been doing Power Hour Fridays, and that started this last Friday. So I'm going to be doing that the entire month of May. You guys can check that out on my website, getthefuckoff.com. And uh, you can go to the navigation and find the link for Power Hour Fridays. But I started that, and that was a little bit more emotional than I thought that it was going to be. It really took a lot of preparation, and it took a lot of energy. And I just, I was out of town last weekend for a race. It was fantastic. So there's been a lot going on. So I do plan to resume being here weekly. But in the event that I miss a week, don't think that I've just lost the motivation and forgot Uh, consistency often has an easier time when you take breaks. That's how I stay a consistent runner. If I want to have a day off, I take a day off. If I want more than one day off, I take more than one day off. And for that, I run over 300 days a year. So just a reminder to you all that are putting pressure on yourselves unnecessarily. If you need a day off, you will be more consistent if you just take that day off. Anyway, so here I am. I'm back for this week. I'm going to be talking today about embodiment in the manual override. And I've been talking about this on my various socials. I wrote an email about it to my subscribers this last week. I did a talk on Wisdom App about it. And it's all about this concept of embodying the knowledge that you have received so that you can have a better life. Because what is the fucking purpose of you having all of this knowledge if you're not putting into practice? Like, and I'm going to pick, I'm going to just say, like, let's say we just had Mother's Day. 
Let's say that you have a really adversarial relationship with your mother. I have been in that boat where I have had an adversarial relationship with one or both or more than both of my parents. I have several parents. I have steps, you know, like. And um, the truth of the matter is, regardless of what happened in your life, whether it was, and some people have big T trauma and some people have small T trauma and there's all kinds of trauma in the middle. What happened is a written story. So what you can do to be at peace with what happened is to incorporate details into the story that you might not be telling or you might not be seeing because every story has multiple perspectives. Now in your spiritual curriculum or if you're studying studying, um, something that is allowing you to understand things beyond the scope of your small mind, your ego, your little self, then you'll have the tools to be able to overcome a lot of your adversity with whomever is bothering you in your life. And if you're not choosing to utilize those tools, then you're not embodying. So in all of my talks, I talked about the way women are raised in society. And I talked about how women are raised to be in fierce competition with one another. So back a hundred years ago, even when my grandmother was born, my grandmother was born in 1931, women were told that they needed a man to survive. So because you needed a man to survive, you needed to be the prettiest, the tallest, the smartest. You needed to be the best homemaker. You needed to be the best mother. You needed to be the best cook, the best lover. The You needed and, – and all other women were your competition. There was no way that you could help another woman or be around another woman or aid another woman because they were your competition. And if you were beat out by another woman, then that would mean that your survival was compromised. I actually spoke with a woman in one of my power hours just this last Friday about that because where she lives, that's still a very real thing about what you're taught for getting a man. And of course, she's a ballsy, you know, extremely powerful woman, doesn't feel she needs a man to survive, but yet that programming is always laid in with, with you know, the societal programming. It's always there. I received it. And I've taken care of myself my entire adult life. Like I've never, I've never had anyone. I've never even had a roommate. Like my freshman year of college, I had two roommates and neither of them were really there because they were always with their boyfriends. And then after that, I've lived alone my entire adult life. Never shared an internet bill. (laughs) Like this is, this is real. I've taken care of myself forever and yet I still have that programming that other women are my competition. So many years ago, I remember, you know, especially like just when I started moving more into myself thinking, I mean, this was a really big when I was in college was that everybody was competition. And if I could go back, I don't know if I would do it differently because I, I'm on the path that I'm on and everything has happened for me. But even like a couple of years ago when I was new into the walk of life that I'm currently in, I would think, oh, well, this, this isn't so appropriate for me. Let's say something, an opportunity popped up or, or something. And I would think like, this isn't so appropriate for me, but this is really appropriate for X person, you know. And I would go to share that with X person and there would be a feeling of tightness inside of me that, that would say, don't do that. 
Don't do that because if you if you sh- if you share that with that person, then that person is going to beat you out, and you're gonna you're gonna be dead in a ditch, and they're gonna succeed, and you're gonna fail. And like that always was the programming. Like, if you do this, if you have give someone something, you're gonna have less, and that means you're gonna die. Now, obviously, you don't have the actual rational thought of I am going to die. Like you don't believe <laughs> like. If there's an opportunity that pops up that isn't for you but would really suit someone else, you don't think, oh, well, if I share this with this person, I'm actually going to die. Like, that's not the thought that you have. But because our neural pathways are calcified and solidified and begin solidifying at 25 and by 30, they're pretty much in there. And, you know, you, you know by the time you're older, you get that feeling of anxiety because your body responds to the brain's programming. And the brain thinks that anything different that isn't the way you've always done it is going to kill you because the brain wants to keep you alive. That's why it does this. This is why it makes these neural shortcuts. It does that because it's lazy and it needs to judge. So it needs to consistently be judging because if it didn't do that, you'd be dead in a day. You'd be touching hot stoves and walking in traffic and fucking, you know, putting heroin in your in your arm. I mean, like you would, you'd be dead in a day. Like that's it. Like you would be engaging in very risky behaviors. You would be walking up to strangers and just trying to like, you know grind on them in the road like there's all kinds of impulses that you would be acting on that would be ridiculous like you need the brain to judge all the time you need it to do that otherwise you would be a disaster like you have to so but knowing that you need to know that its judgments are also causing you to have anxiety in times where it's not necessary and when you have this programming this macro level societal programming that has been handed down to you through generations it's very hard to embody the knowledge that this is this is all made up. So we're taught in Western society that everybody is our competition. Everybody, everybody. It's rungs on a ladder, but that's not true. We're like droplets in the ocean and people are here for one another. Every human is a bit of accelerant that will bring you closer to who and what you want to be. There is enough for everyone. The universe is abundant, I promise. It's abundant. I know. I was raised in lack. So I, I get why you're probably thinking, oh, that's not true. But like, motherfucker, it is. Like, it's it's abundant. So, but we're raised with that programming. Oh, I shouldn't do this. I can't help somebody else. I have to look out for myself. Now, if you are embodying your your knowing, like if you've done work with a coach or a guru or, you know, you, you've studied buddhism or hinduism or or you've just you've just realized that competing is useless to you right like you've probably realized that you probably realized that it makes you exhausted and it's not serving you and you're missing out on opportunities and all that you probably realized all that stuff but if you are still choosing to go with the program then you haven't embodied and that's where the manual override comes in when you get that feeling of <gasps> i can't can't do that. I'm good. Oh, can't do that. You say, I'm going to manually override this. I'm going to do the manual override. This is going to make me uncomfortable. This is going to make me anxious. This is going to make me feel like I am going against everything that I know. And I'm, and my brain is telling me that I'm going to be dead if I do it, but I'm going to override it anyway. 
And the more you override, you just override and override and override and override and override and override. And eventually that becomes the new program. But you have to do the manual override. You have to. Like that's it. Like if you're a people pleaser. There's going to be a time where you have to stop people pleasing. Now you might have read every book that tells you that people pleasing is not serving you. That you are taking away from yourself when you do that. But your brain is going to convince you that you're going to be dead in a ditch if you don't do it. Because that's your programming. So the manual override has to come in. You're going to want to place people's needs before your own. You're going to want to step back and allow others to be the main focus. You're going to sacrifice yourself for others. You're going to do this because that is the neural pathway that's been reinforced since you were probably three or four years old. And it's going to feel, you're going to have this feeling of terror. Like, let's say that you want to tell somebody what's on your mind and you've never told somebody what's on your mind before and you just don't have a voice and you just can't get it the fuck out. When you feel like you're, that you know, when you feel hey, I want to do this, your brain is going to give you this generous, disgusting anxiety. Like, don't do that. If you fucking do that, you're going to be fucking dead. You're going to die. You're going to die. You're going to die. Don't do that. They're all going to laugh at you. You're going to be homeless in a week. Don't fucking do that. Your career is over if you do that. Everyone's going to hate you. You're never getting laid again. You're going to fucking just be dead. That's what your brain sounds like because it wants to keep you alive. Manual override. You know, you know that that's illogical. You know that's illogical. You know it. You know it's illogical. And because you know it's illogical, you can manually override it. You can manually override anything. When you're breaking a bad habit, stopping smoking, stopping drinking, your whole life is manual override for like, sometimes it's like a year. Sometimes it's like, because our brain will respond to environment and want to do certain behaviors in those environments. So I remember when I quit smoking, I had already given up smoking on my days off. So I never wanted to smoke on my days off. But the longest place that I ever smoked was standing outside of my work. So I went through the wanting to smoke in every single place. But that place, standing outside of my job, was the place that I smoked the longest. It was well over 10 years. So every time I stood there, I wanted to smoke. It took me months to stop feeling the pull to smoke there. Now imagine it's been 40 years and you've been a people pleaser. Well, you're going to feel the need to people please with everyone you meet. For maybe years. But you have to manually override. It's going to be fucking uncomfortable. Manually override. Embody, embody, embody. Because I'll t- that, this is where I'm going with embodiment. Once you don't feel the pull to do the old behavior. And the new behavior is what takes over. You've embodied. You have taken what you've learned. And you've put it into practice. The same with relationships when your relationships become to a level where you no longer are triggered by things that other people do and this this includes people who have hurt you you've embodied now I, I have this in my own life I have a person in my life right now who is just a nasty jackass like just a nasty jackass and it's somebody that I've known over 20 years (laughs) like it's just terrible and 
I know that they hate themselves. They hate themselves. Like they hate themselves so much. And I've pretty much been able to let go of my personal feelings. Like when they treat me poorly, I've pretty much been able to let them go. Now, they're they're a person that unfortunately, because of their role in my life, they're probably going to be with me until they're dead or until I'm dead. Who knows who's going to die first? We don't, we don't get to know that. Um, so we're probably going to be with each other. And my work is to not get triggered by how they operate now. Normally, I don't. Normally, they operate in their self-loathing way. And I just kind of roll. I just roll. You know, they're, they're mean, they're nasty, and I roll. I'm like, oh, this is fine. Because none of this has anything to do with me. None of this has anything to do with anything that I do. But the second that I get upset, that means that I, I have work to do still. And a lot of you guys who are new to this might say, but Andy, like, people shouldn't treat you badly. It's like, yeah, they shouldn't, but they're going to. So what are you going to do? You know, like, you can let them go. Just let them go. But like Ramdas said, you know, if you think you're enlightened, spend a week with your family. Like, some people you can't let go. Like, my brothers, they're going to be with me till, till, till one of us is dead. And no, that wasn't about my brothers. Um, but my brothers are going to be with me. So if one of my brothers does something to trigger me, like, I got to work it out. Because I'm not going to spend the rest of my life fighting with my brothers. It's just not a thing. Like, I got to work it out. And if and I can't expect one of my brothers to change themselves. I have to change myself if I want it to be different. If I want things to be better, I have to go within. And that is something that I have not only learned, but I have embodied. And I watch the people in my life healing themselves because of how I am. They either heal or they fall away. Like, because I'll tell you what, if you've got friends that don't seem to fall in line with what you're doing, they will get so pissed off and triggered by you, they're going to go anyway. Like every time I post something on Facebook that's related to self-improvement or consciousness, and if it, it, you know, somebody deletes me and I'm like, oh, good riddance, fuck off. You know, like if you're that triggered because you don't want to look at yourself, fuck off. That's how I feel about it. Embodiment is taking the knowledge and putting it into practice by doing it so many times, manually overriding your programming so many times that it becomes the new programming. And I have had to do this. I've had to do it with every habit I've ever broken and I've had to do it with every thought pattern I've ever had and I've had to do it with being hateful and being, you know, all of these things. I mean, there's, I have been a very ugly person in my life and I've had to override the way that I was because I don't I can't build on a shaky foundation. I have to just wipe it all the fuck out and build from the bottom. And when you're rebuilding, you're going to have this old programming and you need to make the choice to just take your learning and put it into practice. So in that talk that I was having on wisdom, I was speaking with another woman who said that her that she had a server at a restaurant and the server gave her coat, a very expensive coat, away. And she found herself not even reacting. Because what would be the point, right? Like we we love reactive behavior as humans, but what would be the point? The coat was gone. It was gone. And she had said that a couple of months ago it happened with a sweater of hers and she reacted very harshly about it. She was very pissed off that this happened with her sweater. And, you know, when, when something happens and it pisses you off and it gets you, 
the universe is going to serve it to you again until you pass the test. You know, you that's the stackers. You don't get to you don't get to advance until you pass the test. And you never know when the test is coming again. So if you got pissed off because someone cut you off in traffic, you're going to keep getting cut off in traffic until you learn until you until you pass the test. So she was talking about how she found herself not even like reacting and stopping herself, but just not reacting. It's like if you fight with your husband all the time and then you say, you know what? This isn't serving me. I'm going to practice not doing this. And you might want to every single time, but you manually override the behavior. And eventually one day you're just not going to do it. It's not even going to pull you to argue because you have manually overridden so many times that it becomes embodied embodiment 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 I've talked about a lot here I've talked about competition I've talked about fighting I've talked about being triggered by family I've talked about all of these things and we have all of this knowledge but eventually you have to manually override and put it into practice you actually have to take it and put it into practice put it into practice put it into practice over and over and over and over and over and over again over and 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 over again I fucking love repetition and consistency and putting things into practice over and over and over again so that's what I was talking about today on the get the fuck off podcast Uh, I think I talked about this at the beginning but I'm just going to go into what the podcast is looking like for the next for the foreseeable future so I'm going to have some guests coming on um, people that I admire and respect they are coming up I have two lined up I'm really excited about And uh, if you want to be a guest on the Get the Fuck Off podcast, you can feel free to submit to me um, an email just saying who you are and why you'd like to be on the show. And I'm always willing to take a look at that and entertain that. And in the interim, I'm going to try to put out a half hour podcast once a week as I've been doing. And uh, if I'm busy, then then I won't. (laughs) <laughs> you know, so don't think that I haven't that I'm not planning on being here semi-regularly because that is still a priority of mine. I am a consistent person, but I do not believe in getting overwhelmed. So if a lot is happening, you know, sometimes things need to be put aside. And unfortunately, like my paying clients do take priority over my free podcast. However, if you guys are get value out of this and you want to, you know, there's something that you want to hear about. Um Write me an email and and tell me. Andy at getthefuckoff.com. Andy E-E at getthefuckoff.com. And the reason why I say that is because, and I don't like, I'm not trying to sound like a jackass, but like when I was just saying about, you know, priorities and everything, if you send me an email with something that you want me to talk about, that, that alleviates a lot for me because then I don't need to use my brain to think of something to talk about. I'll just be like, oh, these people would like to hear about this. I'll talk about that. So please, like, do that. That makes it easier for me. And then it's a lot easier for me to show up when I know somebody wants to hear about something than when I just got to reach into my, reach into the back of my head and pull it out. Uh, Next thing, I started, I think I talked about this at the beginning, but I started Power Hour Fridays. So you can go to getthefuckoff.com. And there is a link in my navigation um, it says Friday Power Hour, so you can just click that link, and that's where you can read about those. So these are 90 minutes, and I'm doing them only on Fridays for the month of May. So that's the only thing you can put on my calendar on a Friday in the month of May. So my my regular clients do not meet with me on Fridays or don't have the option to for the month of May because I'm reserving it just for that. And what this is is it's, it's a shorter burst. We're going to focus on one issue. I guarantee whatever you think is in your way is not the thing. <laughs> like it's not the thing. 
But I did a couple um, this past Friday and they were very intense and they were very rewarding for me and the, um, the women that I, I met with. And I would love to expand that to all of you. Um, it, you don't need to be a woman. <laughs> we, could, we could get on a call together and really just deep dive into whatever it is that you feel is the thing that's in your way. Like let's tear it open. Let's fucking dig at it. And it'll give you an idea of if you're unfamiliar with what coaching and personal development is, this will give you an idea and it will help you understand. And this isn't a fucking sales call. Like I don't have any expectation of you that you do anything more than just show up with an open mind and an open heart and just tell me what's going on. And then we'll be together for the whole week. Um, we'll exchange notes just as I do with my clients. And I'll have a follow-up in a week to see how you're feeling, how you're doing about it. But I would love to help you. Not so much. I don't tell people what to do. That is not. A good coach does not tell people what to do. Because I don't fucking know what you should do. You know that. What I do is help you see where you tied your knots. And I needed others to help me see where I tied my knots. I did not do this alone. I would not be here speaking to you if I did this on my own because I didn't. I've had a lot of help. And I guarantee whatever you think it is, it is not that. So if you're curious about how it looks, what it looks like, what are we going to talk about, how it's going to be, any of that, what notes look like, what, you know, how, how, how you pay? Like, I don't fucking know. Reach out to me, Andy, A-N-D-E-E, at getthefuckoff.com. If you have any questions, otherwise, just go to my website, getthefuckoff.com. Click Friday Power Hours. It's in the navigation, and you'll be able to find that. And you can schedule that for the entire month of May. Um, so, yeah, I, I would look forward to that. I am confident they're all going to sell out, so I really hope that you guys jump on that, um, you know, with some some urgency. Because I don't know, you know, how how it's going to go. I know that my first Friday filled and uh, we're just going to see. So we're going to see how, how it goes. And I, I'm looking forward to meeting some new people. Um, some of you have been on calls with me already. Some of you don't know me from Adam. So, you know, it's, it's all an experiment. It's all great if you've, um, but yes, yeah, seriously, reach out to me if you have any questions about that. And um, I'm going to be doing my next one next Friday. So I'm really excited to be back, guys. Um, like I said, good episodes coming up in the near future. Don't want to ramble too much more about any of that. But I will be back hopefully next week with another episode of the Get the Fuck Off podcast. Keep your eyes open for Hearts on the Street podcast. If any of you have any royalty-free music that has like a mellow beat and you want to be a – and you want to be helpful and – uh support Andy Scarantino's laziness, feel free to send that over to Andy at getthefuckoff.com and then the new podcast will be out quicker. I joke, but not really. Please send it to me. I don't want to do any more work than I have to. <laughs> all right, I love y'all and uh, I will be back next week. Until then, all of you take care, be safe, and as always, stay beautiful.